dude. Looking phenomenal. Look at that. Hutch shows up to the podcast in a suit. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I told you I, I, I'd fit you in. You know, we, we, we're still at the office here, you know, get, getting things done. So For sure. Know. Man, I'll tell you, in all seriousness, I respect the hell out of that with you. The, your hustle is crazy, man. To watch it unfold with not just now working with you on Brawling the Berg 10 and getting everything lined up with you for a fight, but man, I've known this about you for a while. You know, we've done interviews before and I've always seen you crush. And when I, when I found out you were going to law school, I was like, how, <laughs> like, how is he going to do, how is he going to do that? And then you did it and graduated, man. What's been like, everybody goes through this. I feel like where they have to find their passions and find their purpose in life. But when, when did that really click for you? Because clearly, you know, you got, you got your stuff together, man. You're on a path. You're determined. When did you really develop that mindset? I think it's, it, it evolves, right? You know, I, it's not that I just necessarily um, had this all planned out. You know, I just, I continue to, to work and develop and try to better myself every day. And then, you know, um, when opportunities present themselves, I try to make sure that I'm always taking advantage of them, right? So um, I, uh, I try to continually put myself in positions to, uh, you know, find those opportunities and then when i do uh don't let them go right so uh, just constantly evolving constantly learning constantly trying to uh you know keep keep putting one foot in front of the other yeah man it's been it, it always takes you know really important people around you too to make that happen who are who are some people that have helped you on the kind of more of the business kind of career side of things versus the boxing we'll obviously get to that but i think everything you do with like your day job, which people may not know your business opportunities and ventures. Like I said, law school, like who, who has kind of helped you on that side of things with, with just the business and, and that. Well, I think if to kind of go back a little bit, I, I can remember, you know, my mom actually forcing me to go to college. Um, you know, I, we always had this joke that, uh, you know, she always told me I could be anything I wanted to be. If I wanted to be a garbage man, that was fine, but I would be a garbage man with a degree. And that was just kind of our little joke. Um, and, uh, you know, once I came came through with my bachelor's degree, I, I kind of put everything on, on hold for a little bit because I, I turned professional in boxing and I was really pursuing that, you know, with, every, with all my energy and, you know, trying to, you know, see what I could do. Um, but at the same time, working on a couple different business ventures and um, as those continue to grow and evolve, um, I, I kind of had that um, competitive nature about myself from an academic standpoint as well, because, you know, I always had it in my head that I, I, I wanted to go to law school, but I, you know, once it got put on hold, you know, it was about seven years in between my um, bachelor's degree and when I went back to law school. So I kind of regretted in a way that I, I didn't necessarily fulfill my academic potential. And um, you may not know this, but I'm a little bit competitive. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where I wanted to go and prove myself. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, that you're intelligent or you could have done this or done that. It's another thing to go and do it, right? So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I fulfilled my potential academically, um, along with everything else that was going on. So um, that kind of fell into place there. And, um, you know, it evolved into into what it is today. 
That's awesome, man. What did you think you wanted to do? You said your mom kind of had to force you to go to college. What was your plan otherwise if she if she wasn't doing that? Oh, I was all over the place, right? I was I was in the Boilermakers Union for for a couple of years and I was getting all my welding certificates and I was I was doing all that. And, you know, then once once I turned professional, I, I got involved with uh, my father and, and, and kind of we we have a uh, auto body and repair facility down in, in Crafton. And, you know, I was kind of going full fledged into that and expanding that and, and growing that business. And, you know, I, I um, I thought I was kind of done, right? Like, you know, I was, oh, this is just like kind of what I was going to do, but uh, it wasn't enough. You know, I'm, I'm someone that's really never content and uh, it just wasn't enough for me. I knew there was a lot more that I wanted to do and wanted to accomplish. So I, uh, you know, I, I had more to do. Yeah. Well, see, when you say something like that, I think a lot of people might interpret it as a bad thing. Like I'm never content, but I'll, I'll say like as somebody who's talked to you for a while here and obviously working closely with you for Braunenberg 10, like it's in a very positive way with Hutch because he's always using that lack of content to move on to the next big thing and to stay focused. It's not like he's just unhappy with the things in his life. It's, it's not like that. But I want to say, man, like when you reached out to us to work together to do a, a boxing and MMA show here with Braunenberg 10, obviously super exciting. And when we knew we had you for the event, we know this thing's going to be huge, man. So it's awesome working with you. But what I mean, as we've just kind of gone through everything going on in, in your life, you don't need to come back to pro boxing, you know, 19, two and four, that's a ridiculously respectable record, you know, that you can be super proud of if you wanted to just call it quits, but like you're more determined than ever. It feels like to come out and get this 20th win. So what brought you back to boxing so hard in the midst of all this other stuff going on in your life? So, you know, I feel like uh, now that I'm, I'm starting to settle into a lot of the different things that I have going on outside of the ring. And, um, you know, I, I'm going through the process right now to uh, swear into um, state of Pennsylvania for, for my bar application here uh, um, so that I can practice law. And I'm also going to take the uh, Florida bar in February as well. So I'll be bored in those two States. And um, it's just one of those things where as this starts to kind of evolve, I, I missed the physical aspect of what I was capable of. And while I'm still young enough to do it, um, you know, I didn't want to have any regrets. And to be frank with you, I, I just like to fight. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you're in, you know, these corporate board meetings or you're, you know, talking to clients or you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you have to be uh, much more civilized than maybe I truly am. So, you know, it's nice to vent that out a little bit and then to be able to do it at a high level and to do it, you know, for the fans and, and for a, a promotion that's that's up and coming and trying to do things the right way. And it was intriguing to me. And, you know, I I just truly missed it. I, I missed the, the competition I missed I missed the the grit I missed you know everything about it you know just, just you know, the reality is when we step in there you know I think I'm better than you and I'm trying to prove it and let's figure it out one way or the other you know I'm, I've always been one of those people to take chances and to take risks and you know 
I like to fight. You know, a lot of people say, you know, it, get, it gets misconstrued sometimes because I think people like to uh, beat other people up, right? It's always fun when you're the hammer, right? Nobody likes to beat a nail. But, uh, you know, if you really like to fight and you really like to test yourself, you know, you're not always 100% confident that you're going to be that hammer. So um, win, lose, or draw, let's figure this out. You know, I, yeah. I, uh, I'm willing to, to throw it on the line, you know, whether I, uh, you know, come out of there with my shield or on it, you know, I'm good with it either way. I still want to do it. So um, that, that kind of, uh, you know, competitive spirit that I have, uh, make, makes me makes me need to, to get back in there yeah man I think anybody who's watched you fight will definitely relate to that with your style you know very aggressive the digging I'll, I'll never forget at the Charlie Serrano fight man those digging body shots were just absolutely brutal I was I wasn't even standing I wasn't close to the ring there but I could hear every single one and I knew I'm like this guy's not going to take too many of those like that was just vicious man so you're it, obviously the style is fun to watch and i just want to loop back to the idea of the 20th win like that's a big deal in pro boxing to get your 20th win man is that adding extra fire for you do you feel that this is maybe a launch pad to something else or is this you just returning for one more like what's your long-term career vision from here looking like well there are uh kind of reality of the state of my career right now is that I need to get another win to just kind of shake the rust off and, and, and get back in there, make the weight again. COVID really uh, benefited me in a lot of ways as far as my academics and work, and it really helped me to focus on a lot of different things outside of the ring, but it really stalled my career inside the ring in a big way because I had some really, really big opportunities. A lot of people weren't aware that um, my career was just about to take off when COVID hit. Um, I was headed overseas for, you know, a, a real, a real big time event. Um, and that would have really catapulted my career at minimum, the opportunity to catapult my career into, into the next level. And, um, you know, everything about it from a money standpoint to, an exposure standpoint to, to, you know, latching onto a big promoter. I mean, it really was the opportunity of all opportunities and um, it didn't work out, obviously. Um, COVID hit and it was delayed multiple times, you know, in an effort to, I think they thought that COVID was going to go away. So they just kept delaying it, but obviously um, it just never unfolded. Yeah. Um, so with, knowing that and knowing how close I was to, at minimum, the opportunity. I think uh, I owe it to myself to, uh, you know, get back in there. You know, get get ranked into a position again. You know, you, it's almost two years I've been out, almost to the date. By the time we get into the ring in December, it'll be almost two years to the date. So, um, get back in there, make the weight again, knock the dust off, knock somebody out, whoever that may be, and then uh, you know, see see what shakes out. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to do that. That's awesome, man. I think it's really interesting, too, looking at your career. You can see a clear path of kind of early struggles as a pro. You know, you, you didn't quite piece it all together until it felt like very recently. You know, it felt like you were really hitting your stride in your more recent bouts. What was it like? Because it's a huge risk, obviously, getting into pro boxing at all. 
then you start your career and lose a decision. Like you see that with a lot of fighters where they lose, whether it's MMA or boxing, you know, you lose your first one. And like you said, you have so much else going on in your life. So many other opportunities. What made you be like, okay, I lost this one, but there's something here for me. Like, how did you still know that boxing was for you? So a lot of people might not know that I never really had a amateur career. I mean, I had nine amateur boxing matches, right? So I was really learning on the job. Um, I think I was kind of thrown into, I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020, but you know, you, you get thrown into a situation where it was probably a little premature. Maybe um, I could have been handled and managed a little bit better at that point, but you know, I, I'm not one to make excuses. You know, I still feel like I could have, uh, I've never been in the ring with anybody that I couldn't beat. It's always been on me. It's always been my shortcomings. Um, and I'm, I wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, I, I don't even think that it's debatable to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was to be a professional. I didn't train properly. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do. I didn't know any better. You know, I was a young guy and you know, I was, you know, doing all the wrong things and, and not even on purpose. I just didn't think I was just ignorant. Right. So um, as I continued to learn and grow and, and get around uh, the right people and, you know, figure out, find myself as a fighter. I think that was one of the one of the biggest things that I really started to come into is, you know, by trial and error, <laughs> quite literally, you know, I, I, I figured out what I needed to do. And, uh, you know, now here we are, but, um, yeah, just, just learn on the job. I think, you know, a lot of these guys with the vast amateur careers, you know, the, the pro to that is, is that, you know, about time you have your pro debut, you kind of already got it figured out at least to the point where, um, you know, you're hitting your stride. Whereas I had a little bit of struggles early on in my professional career as I was going through those growing pains. But now I really feel like I'm starting to hit my stride and, um, you know, I'm certainly a whole different animal than I was when I turned professional. Yeah, it's an interesting ride, man. And I think one of the things that always gets overlooked, you kind of mentioned it as far as just training, since you didn't really have an amateur career, training being your amateur career, for lack of a better term, like that was your experience in the gym. but the toll that training takes on guys, I think is really underestimated. And that goes for boxing and MMA. Everybody thinks that, well, I won't say everybody, people who know don't think this, but a lot of just casual fans think, you know, you just show up on fight night and fight. They disregard the entire camp going into that training, the, the shots you'll take in training, how hard training for about actually is man. And with you, like, like we've said, kind of this whole podcast, having, you know, your business, having all your other ventures going on, what gets you juiced up for training, man? Because I understand what gets you juiced up for a fight. You know, you're headlining, you're on the poster, man, this is going to be a big deal. I get how that's so exciting. But what gets you juiced up every day to get in there for training when there's no glory, nobody's watching, it's just you and, you know, your feelings? Well, I think that you, you bring up an interesting point in that if you don't have that daily uh, mentality and you don't have that um, attitude and, and motivation day in and day out, you know, you won't ever make it to fight night. And for me, it's never really been about, um, you know, just the fight because I'm always, I'm always searching to find, you know, my best self. Right. So 
it's easy for me to get up and train every day and, and put in ridiculous hours and, you know, train early and train late and, you know, work all day and et cetera, because I'm trying to be the best version of myself and push myself. I'm, you know, mental in that way that, you know, if, if it's just me alone in the gym, I'm still trying to kill my own self. Right. Like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I want to perform at my best for myself. It's not even really for anyone else. It's for me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be that, that best version of myself. And, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, the toll on your body and everything like that is now that I have found my stride and now that I am, you know, coming into my prime essentially as a fighter, you know, I haven't taken a lot of the hits that guys with 300 amateur fights have. I haven't put that toll on my body and had, you know, every, everybody has a pitch count, right? I don't care how tough you are, or how tough you think you are. You can only get hit in the head so many times before it's, it's a wrap for you, right? It's just a fact for humans. It is what it is. Um, my style of fighting, I get hit a little more than somebody who, you know, is on their bike and runs around the entire fight and, you know, is boring. Uh, so I realized that. Um, and I, I make sure that in training, you know, I'm not taking unnecessary punishment, but I think that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And some of the, some of the initial shortcomings of my amateur career may eventually behoove me because like I said, I haven't taken those shots that, you know, a lot of these accomplished amateurs have. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to view it. You know, obviously, it's always nice to have that perfectly clean, pretty record. I would want it. Everyone wants it. I'd be lying to you if I, I said otherwise. But the reality is, is that in a lot of ways, it kind of worked out for me as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and 19, 2, and 4, there's no shame in that record either, dude. I mean, nobody would dispute that. I mean, you've had, a, you've had an awesome career to this point. We're obviously looking forward to what's coming next too, man. And green tree, what's it like being in green tree? Like you, I've seen you say it in your post, you know, it's basically your backyard, man. How much extra fuel to the fire does that add? Well, it's, it's exciting, right? Because everybody that wants to be there can be there. You know, there's a lot of times when you're traveling or, you know, especially out of state or, or fighting long distances away, uh, people can't be there. And, and, a lot of times when you have uh, opportunities like that, you know, they can tune in or whatever and watch it on some streaming service or on TV or whatever the case may be, but it's always different live. Um, it's always that different energy. And it's just, it's always cool to be home and, and to have, you know, your, your day one people be able to be in the crowd and cheer you on. And, you know, it's, an, it's important for me. It's important for them too, because, you know, I haven't been in there in a while and, you know, there's been a lot of buzz. There's been a lot of excitement about this fight. And that just takes me to another level, right? Like I, I, I get, you know, amped up even thinking about it because, you know, these people are coming out to support me and then uh, spend their hard-earned money on a ticket to my fight. And uh, I'm not going to disappoint them. Um, you know, that it's one of those, it's one of the reasons why I fight the way I do, you know, because, you know, you, you work all week and then, you know, come Saturday, you're, you're spending your money to come to, to see, you know, my show. Um, you know, I owe you that. I owe you to go out there and, and lay it on the line and, and be as entertaining and as exciting as I can and, you know, do what I came to do, which is, you know, knock out my opponent in, uh, in a vicious fashion so that 
you are entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, you know, there's never any doubt about the entertainment factor when Hutch steps into the rings. That's one of the reasons why among others, you know, when you reached out to us, it, there wasn't much to discuss. We knew from the jump that we wanted to do the show. It just was a matter of making everything fall into place. And thankfully we were able to do that. So Tickets are going on sale Monday, and we fully expect a sellout in this show, man. Like, straight up, I know you're going to do a great job selling tickets. We have a lot of fighters on this card that we think are going to sell a lot of tickets. And then I think the event itself should sell tickets. Just the spectacle of boxing and MMA, our first time doing it. I know you've da- – I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit because you have dabbled in MMA. Like, people might not realize that. But what what have you found the difference between the two sports? What what's so much more appealing about boxing for you? Well, I I like to stand and fight. I think that's pretty obvious. But <laughs> um, kind of the same this the story of of you know my dabble into MMA as as you mentioned um, is the same kind of story that I had in in boxing as well. I mean. I think that I would surprise a lot of people in the cage at this point. Maybe I will surprise people in the cage at this point. Hey. You don't know. You never know. You never know what I'm going to do. I'm, Let's go. Let's you know, go. Listen, but, it, but in all seriousness, I like to fight. I don't care if it's in a ring. I don't care if it's in a cage. I don't care if it's in a parking lot. I don't give a shit. Okay. <laughs> if you want to fight, we can fight. I promise you. You know, like that, that gets me going. Like, I don't. I, it's just it's just a different rule set you know it, it is what it is i'm not afraid of the ground you know I, I i have trained um significantly since my uh professional mma debut and, and uh things would go a lot differently in that aspect in my opinion so that's not necessarily an issue for me but the biggest difference uh for me i think especially from a striker standpoint is, is just the distance, right? It's, it's a, it's a little, little bit different distance. And that's, the, that means everything, especially for someone like me, I, I rely a lot on timing and, and dis, distance, even when it's close distance. Right. So um, that's a, that's a big thing for me that if I were to step back into the cage, I would have to work um, greatly on, you know, the difference in where I'm comfortable in a boxing ring and where I'm comfortable in a cage. And, uh, navigating that space and controlling that space so um but yeah you never know what i'm gonna do yeah dude that's awesome to hear listen i'm not gonna throw anything out there too much but i would i'm down for that the hutch return to mma let's go maybe maybe same night next time we do a boxing mma doubleheader you know (laughs) go go whoop somebody in the cage and then we'll get you in the ring a couple a couple hours later (laughs) well it, it and the reality is is that i've had uh, a lot of opportunities in the ring and you know you can't turn those down so you know maybe maybe before it's all said and done you know you see me back in the cage again maybe you see me uh bare knuckle before it's all said and done you don't know you don't yeah. know, what I'm gonna do, you know you're crazy all man. of that all of that excites me you yeah. know it's just one form or another a fight is at the end of the day it's a fight and uh i'm into that yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear, dude. I love hearing you talk about because it it, it's hilarious to me. Like the saying, you know, fighters fight. You know, you're one of the guys in the area that for sure embodies that mentality, which which is just awesome to see. But it does kind of raise the question, like when when do you think you'll know your fighting career is a wrap? Like what 
what do you see as your end? Is there an end goal or will it be you'll just know the way your body feels and mentally how excited you're getting when the fire's not there, so to speak, anymore? It'll be over? Or what, what are you thinking where that's concerned? Or are you not even thinking about it? You have to, you have to think about it. I mean, I think uh, anybody that says that they don't think about it is probably lying. Um, you, you have to be objective about yourself at some point. Um, but objectively speaking, I still feel like I can perform on a world-class level. And I think that once I don't feel that way, that'll, that'll probably be it. You know, I don't want to, uh, I don't, like you mentioned earlier, I don't have to fight. It's, it's certainly not about the money. Um, it's just because I like to do it. Mm -hmm. So once I feel like I can't perform on a world-class level for the fans and, and for the people coming out to support me, you know, I never want to be kind of like a disappointment. Right. So once I feel like I can't perform the way that I want to the way that the fans are owed, you know, the, I owe the fans a great performance. And when I can no longer do that, I think that'll be a pretty obvious sign for me to kind of step away. But truthfully, I don't think we're anywhere near that. Um, so, but when that day comes, I'll know it. And I, I, I do have a, a good group of people around me that I think will be objective to me and, and to uh, kind of say, hey, yeah. maybe it's time to, maybe it's time yeah. to step away a little bit. You're, uh, you're not looking so hot out there. Yeah. That's that's super important, man. Like, who do, who are you working with ahead of this fight, just so people can can know who you're training with and who's in, kind of going to be in your corner? So my, my head coach obviously is uh, Chris Williams. Um, he's been with me for a while now. We we've got a really good uh, chemistry. You know, we we understand. He understands kind of the evolution that I've had as a fighter, and he's uh, kind of grown with me in that in that aspect. I think he's probably uh, the top boxing trainer in, in the area right now um, you know he's working with a lot of MMA guys right now with their striking and different things but he really is a, a great boxing mind and I think he's a great asset to my team um, you know we're beyond that we're friends so it's 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 good to be able to bounce things off him and kind of take your your business hat off and, and just talk like, Hey, what did you really think about this on a personal level and, and different things like that. So when you can have that come full circle and have those deep discussions about your training, your fighting, where you're at as a fighter, where, how, how you're performing and all those different things, it's, it's super important. Yeah. I think um, it good. Well, and, and just, you know, to kind of round it out, you know, in addition to that, you know, my, my cut man and, and the guy that kind of really helps me with uh, the recovery and everything is that, you know, Dr. Burnett up at Fountain Life, um, you know, he'll be in my corner as well for, for December 4th. And he's really uh, been an integral part of, of my career and training and different things like that. You know, a lot of the recovery is super important. And, uh, you know, obviously the skill set that a cut man needs to have, you know, whether it be, third, fourth round, whatever, in the middle of the fight, you know, you get cut or you're having an issue or something like that. It's, it's, it's critical to have somebody that you trust that, you know, can, can get that handled as soon as possible so that you can get back to doing what you're doing and, and uh, not have to worry about it. Yeah. I think it's been really interesting learning all of this about boxing, you know, this being my first event as a boxing promoter, which is just even crazy to say <laughs> that I'm a licensed boxing promoter now. Never thought my life would be here, Hutch, to be honest with you, but I'm loving it, so it's crazy. But 
like seeing all the business side of things as you know we've talked about it a lot in matching this card like i'm learning so much about mac matchmaking boxing and it's so so different from mma man just the dynamics of the business they're two completely different sports honestly when you look at setting up a card for each how important i feel like this is maybe i'm sure you thought about it but i feel like it's a huge advantage for you with your business background and also being a pro boxer so you don't get taken advantage of and so you're able to continuously make the best choices for your career because you understand how the business side of everything works like how big of an advantage do you feel that is for you just your overall background uh, it's it's critical right um a lot of people aren't aware and i certainly don't promote the fact that i've been in the background and, and you know been an owner been in and around been invested in um, you know, run a lot of the day-to-day -day of, um, you know, pretty much all of the above for promotions and fight cards for quite some time um, with multiple promotions. Um, and I've been able to see a lot of the interworkings of how things work, um, both good and bad. Um, it's, it's hurt me times as well, because, you know, when you do see these guys where if I was just being selfish, I wouldn't have even fought. Um, but when you, you, when you're involved with the promotion and you have money on the line and, you know, you see these guys that are literally fighting to, to pay their bills and it's, you know, if I don't fight, you know, the, the card doesn't go on and, and they don't, they don't eat. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, I've been on both sides of that. Um, but it's, it's been a good, uh, learning experience to to physically go through with these cards you see how they unfold you see the uh the insane amount of stress that goes into the last week or so of the fights with fights falling out and tickets and you know it, it's, it's a mess it really is you know i don't i don't know why anybody would want to be a promoter it's terrible yeah. but yeah it, it's, it's it's great at the same time you know there's it, it's it's super fulfilling and it's it's very exciting and you know, you get to put on that production uh, for the fans. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it's great, and, but it's certainly stressful. Um, but it, it's it's allowed me to understand the interworkings of how how a match gets made, how it makes sense for the fighter, how it makes sense for the promoter, how it makes sense for the fans, right? So I think that in a lot of ways, I make that easy on the promoters that I work with because because I can say, listen, here's here's a deal that I know works for me, and I know that it also works for you. And um, you can't lie to me because I know that it works. And you know, it's it's one of those things where I've worked with a lot of promoters that some fighters are are just like, how could you work with with this guy? You know, it, you know, he treated us so terribly, and blah blah blah. But you know, it it would be hard to lie. I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but it would be hard to, to lie to me in these situations, because like I've said, you know, I've, I've done it myself. I've been in those shoes. I know, I know what makes sense for you. I know what makes sense for me. So it's a lot easier to get a deal done uh, to just cut right to the chase and say, look, here, here's this, here's that, you know, do we want to work together or not? Um, and, and pick a date and go from there. Yeah. And just for the listeners, like people who have listened to this show, on a regular basis they know that like when ryan and i do a show like it's usually a lot of behind the scenes we'll talk about stuff that a lot of promoters i think would consider secrets like a lot of promoters don't want to talk about these things but we always love talking about that so on that front hutch i'm not gonna 
talk about your purse specifically, but I just want to talk about the way that negotiation happened because Ryan and I didn't know what to expect, to be totally honest. We're like, Hutch is a big, big star in Pittsburgh, man. Like we were a little worried. Like, can we even afford him? Like all this stuff, like it was the quickest negotiation ever. <laughs> we threw out like two numbers met in the middle. And then it was like, done deal. You're in. Like, I've never, I didn't know what to expect, but it was exactly what you said. Like, we can't lie to you. So we knew from the jump, like, we just need to be straight up. Like, let's just get a number out there, see what he says, and then go from there, man. But it was, it was so easy. Like, we definitely appreciate that. But also I feel like it shows exactly what you just said. Like, you're so in tune with the business. You knew that deal did make sense. And you also knew like, you want this fight. Like that just further showed to me how how much fire is under your ass for this fight yeah and and you were there so you would know i mean it it, it like what you just said is exactly it you know it, it's not this fight here is not about money for me this fight is about getting back in there um working with you guys i think um you guys have a, a great attention to detail and you know you want to put on good uh production for the fans. And that's, that's, what's most important to me about this fight. Um, I, I told you guys this privately and I'm, I'm saying it again here. Um, you know, I want this to be the best event that, that Pittsburgh's ever seen. You know, I, I mean that. So, you know, that's, that's, what's most important to me. Um, fighting with you about a couple dollars is not my goal here. Um, it's just a fight, put on a great performance, have a great production from you guys, have the fans have, you know, the night of their lives and just party after. Yeah. Right? So that's, that, that's the bottom line. But um, to your point, yeah, you know, I, I spoke about some numbers that I knew would make sense and be fair um, just so we can get this done and, and keep it moving. Yeah, man, it, it was awesome. And like I said, we definitely appreciate that. And you, you talked about something that I feel is super important too. We didn't really dig into it too much. Um, you just being the main event in Green Tree in your return with kind of I'm feeling it I like it's hard whenever you're this close to the scene for sure. But it feels like the Pittsburgh combat scene in general is kind of having a rebirth right now. Feels like MMA is really strong. Boxing's coming along. You know, you've got Derek's promotion doing great things. Made men doing doing great things and Angelo. And it's just you can really feel that it's kind of starting to come back to where it was maybe in, you know, 2015, 16 ish when it was booming. And what's it like to jump right back and be the main event for an event? Like you said, you know, I know it's a lofty goal, but we have the same mindset at 247 of making this the best show Pittsburgh's ever seen. And we understand there have been some amazing shows, but we truly believe that we can put one that's right there or better. So what's it feel like to not just be involved with it, but to main event it, you know, it's, it's huge for you, right? Well, it's, it's one of those things where, you kind of um, I wouldn't say it adds pressure but you know there's realities that go along with that you know you you owe it I owe it to myself I owe it to you guys I owe it most importantly I owe it to the fans uh, to perform and to perform at a very high level and uh, not only to just get the job done but to do it in entertaining fashion right I'm not coming out there to squeak out a split decision mm-hmm. win right right like it's it's about much more than that to me. So I think that that aligns um, directly with everything that you just said, because, you know, you know what you're going to get with me, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. Um, and I'm going to take risks. I'm going to lay it all out there. And uh, you know, that's, that's what makes events like this 
um, special because, you know, when you have guys out there that are making business decisions and, and uh, just, just looking to, to get a win and, and hide and, you know, I'm not about that. You know, I, in fact, I lose a lot of respect for guys that do that. Um, I can't say that I don't understand it. You know, I, I do get that, you know, fans can be, uh, fans can be uh, unforgiving, you know, a, a loss, a lot, especially in boxing as compared to MMA in boxing, a loss can set you back four or five fights or more. I mean, it's just a reality. I, it just is what it is. Um, people don't understand, you know, they want you to take risks, but if it doesn't work out for you, they don't understand that you took that risk. So you, you have to know that going in, you have to know that, uh, you know, this is kind of what you signed up for. And although that that's what the people want you to do, they want you to take risks and lay it all out there. If it doesn't work out for you. They don't really, they, they quickly forget that you took that risk. So, um, you know, but that just is what it is. It comes with the territory. Um, and we all understand that. Yeah. It's a thankless job that I think any pro athlete will feel that, you know, a, a kicker making a routine 43 yarder that may end up winning the game. People, people will only remember the last miss by any NFL kicker. You know what I mean? There's so many thankless jobs in, in pro sports, man, but it's awesome. Like you said, that you are a fighter with that style that does take risks. And that obviously is having great success doing that, man. So I just want to say like, we're, we're stoked on, on every level. Like I want to be like super clear about two, four, seven being just totally jazzed about this card. And it's not just, because Hutch is back and we know we're going to sell a lot of tickets and sell out the green tree sportsplex and all this. Like that's, that's cool. Like not going to lie. That's cool to be a part of that too. But dude, I'm like, I'm just excited to see Bill Hutchinson fight again. You know what I mean? Like that's really the main event of this for me. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, with that uh, comes responsibility on my end to, to make sure that I, I live up to that. And uh, I'm going to do that. Nice, man. Well, we can't wait to see it again, guys. Tickets go on sale Monday at 10 a.m. That's Monday, November 8th at 10 a.m. And we've said it a lot throughout this show and it's we're not blowing smoke like we promised. This thing's going to sell and sell fast. So we highly recommend you mark your calendars 10 a.m. Monday, get your tickets. And then the event is December 4th at the Green Tree Sportsplex. It's going to be a banging time, dude. I cannot wait. Going to get you an opponent to announce very soon. And that'll, you know, put some extra fire behind it for you, I'm sure. And then we'll, we'll keep blowing it up from there, man. But I appreciate you taking the time out of the day, all dressed up in your suit and everything for the podcast, man. I love it. It's always a pleasure talking to you, my brother. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And, and one, one last thing, cause you mentioned the opponent there, you know, a lot of people talk certain things, but you know, I have the list of potential opponents right now and there's not one joke on there. So a lot of these people that think, oh, this is a comeback fight. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of your favorite fighters out there that don't take risks and don't fight real fighters. There's not a name on my opponent list that isn't going to come to bring it as well. So, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> there we go. Spoken from the man himself, cutting a promo. And now we'll, uh, we'll get you in the ring soon, dude. I can't wait to see it. And I'm just looking forward to the whole process, man. Let's crush it.